Chapter Nineteen of Bullets and Billets by Bruce Barron's Father. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Nineteen: Visions of Leave. Dick Turpin. Leave. Our first time in the Douve trenches was mainly uneventful, but we all decided it was not as pleasant as Saint Yvon. For my part, it was fifty percent worse than Saint Yvon, but I was now buoyed up by a new light in the sky which made the first time in more tolerable than it might otherwise have been. It was getting near my turn for leave. I had been looking forward to this for a long time, but there were many who had to take their turn in front of me, so I had dismissed the case for a bit. Recently, however, the powers that be had been sending more than one officer away at a time. Consequently, my turn was rapidly approaching. We came away back to billets in the usual way after our first dose of the duve, and all wallowed off to our various billeting quarters. I was hot and strong on the leave idea now. It was really getting close, and I felt disposed to find everything couleur de rose. Even the manure heap in the billeting farmyard looked covered with roses. I could have thrown a bag of confetti at the farmer's wife. It's most exhilarating to think of the coming of one's first leave. One maps out what one will do with the time in a hundred different ways. I was wondering how I could manage to transport my souvenirs home as I had collected a pretty good supply by this time. Shell cases, fuse tops, clogs, and that Bosch rifle I got on Christmas Day. One morning, we had been about two days out, I got a note from the adjutant to say I could put in my application. I put it in all right and then sat down and hoped for the best. My spirits were now raised to such a pitch that I again decided to ride to Nieppe, just for fun. I rode away down the long winding line, smiling at everything on either side, the three-sailed windmill with the top off, the estaminet with the hole through the gable end. All objects seemed to radiate peace and goodwill. There was a very bright sun in the sky that day. I rode down to the high road and cantered along the grass at the side into Nieppe. Just as I entered the town I met a friend riding out. He shouted something at me. I couldn't hear what he said. What? I yelled. All leaves cancelled. That was enough for me. I rode into Nieppe like an infuriated cowboy. I went straight for the divisional headquarters, flung away the horse, and dashed up into the building. I knew one or two of the officers there. What's this about leave? I asked. All about to be cancelled, was the reply. If you're quick, you may get yours through, as you've been out here long enough and you're next to go. What have I got to do? I screamed. Go to your colonel and ask him to wire the corps headquarters and ask them to let you go. Only you'll have to look sharp about it. He needn't have told me that. He had hardly finished before I was outside and making for my horse. I got out of Nieppe as quickly as I could and lit out for our battalion headquarters. About four miles to go, but I lost no time about it. Leave cancelled, I hissed through the triangular gap in my front tooth as I galloped along the road. Leave cancelled. I should have made a good film actor that day. Dick Turpin's ride to York in two reels. I reached the turning off the high road all right and pursued my wild career down the lanes which led to the colonel's headquarters. The road wound about in a most ridiculous way, making salience out of ploughed fields on either side. I decided to throw all prudence to the winds and cut across these. My horse evidently thought this an excellent idea, for as soon as he got on the fields he was off like a trout upstream, most successful across the first salient. Then suddenly I saw we were approaching a wide ditch. 
Leave would be cancelled, as far as I was concerned. If I tried to jump that, I felt certain. I saw a sort of a narrow bridge about fifty yards to the right. Tried to persuade the horse to make for it. No, he believed in the ditch idea and put on a sprint to jump it. Terrific battle between Dick Turpin and Black Bess. A foaming pause on the brink of the abyss. Dick Turpin wins the argument and after a few prancing circles described in the field manages to cross the bridge with his fiery steed. I then rode down the road into the little village. The village school had been turned into a battalion stores and the quartermaster sergeant was invariably to be found there. I dismounted and pulled my horse up a couple of steps into the large schoolroom. Tied him up here and last saw him blowing clouds of steam out of his nose onto one of those maps which show interesting forms of vegetable life with their Latin names underneath. Now for the colonel. I clattered off down the street to his temporary orderly room. Thank heaven he was in. I explained the case to him. He said he would do his best and there and then sent off a wire. I could do no more now so after fixing up that a message should be sent me I slowly retraced my steps to the school extracted the horse, and wended my way slowly back to the transport farm. Here I languished for the rest of the day, feeling convinced that all leave was cancelled. I sat down to do some sketching after tea, full of marmalade and depression. About 6 p.m. I chucked it, and went and sat by the stove smoking a pipe. Suddenly the door opened and a bicycle orderly came in. There's a note from the adjutant for you, sir. I tore it open. Your leave granted. You leave tomorrow. If you call here in the morning, I'll give you your pass. Leave! End of chapter 19. Recording by Philip Gould.